Welcome to What Comes Next, the After Pattern podcast, where we talk with lawyers who are building their own tech. Today, I'm really excited. We're talking with Jess Birkin. Five years ago, Jess started her own law firm, Birkin Law. And here's a quick synopsis of what she's been up to since then and why she is the perfect guest for this podcast today. Uh, so, founded Birkin Law, serving nonprofits. Jess then built the Founders Roadmap something she calls a digital information product. It's essentially an online course for individuals who are thinking about or who have launched nonprofits. This online course is a series of articles and videos made by Jess that helps you, a nonprofit founder, figure out what to do with things like Robert's Rules of Order or, or, or getting funders and all the logistical, legal uh, uh details that can get in the way of you fulfilling the mission of your nonprofit. So not resting just on that, Jess then launched Hack Your Practice, a consultancy for other law firms to learn from Jess how to not only create a law firm that has a good work-life balance, but also create a law firm that uses modern tools to find innovative ways to deliver legal services, do things like what Jess did with Founders Roadmap. And most recently, Jess has launched Mission Guardian, a subscription-based legal service for nonprofits. And that's where we start this episode with Jess. We talk about Mission Guardian because as of when we were recording this, LegalZoom had just, I think the day before, just announced their IPO. And in their IPO disclosure documents, LegalZoom stated they were transitioning their business model from something purely transactional to a hybrid transaction slash subscription-based service. So subscription legal services is going to be the focus at the start of this conversation, but we explore many other topics. I really hope you enjoy and have fun and listen. I want to talk about Mission Guardian in particular, and I think maybe like a helpful entry point into it is uh, the LegalZoom IPO. Yeah. Did you see that? Like I saw, I saw that. I saw Carolyn Elephant like posting some tweets about it. I haven't, you know, dug into the news to read in detail, but Neither I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know exactly the tweet you're talking about. I think from 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 Carolyn, she was mentioning how LegalZoom's really emphasizing subscription services. In this yeah, IPO. I think she said they used the the phrase 275 times in their IPO documents. So subscription-based legal services, like, is that, do you think that idea is well-known amongst attorneys or is that still like a new concept that deserves some explanation? Oh, I think it's probably a new concept. There are like a, a handful of people that were doing it so long ago, you like would be shocked. And then there are like a handful of people who are doing it now that everybody, you know, myself included, that everyone points to and goes, oh, look at these innovators over here. Yeah. And then there are the group legal services, like the GSA uh, branch of the, the ABA. There's like a group legal services section. And so they've known about this. And that's like your legal shield and your AROG and Hyatt and all that. Um, so I think there, there are like different little niches that know about it, but just your average everyday Law, law practice manager probably is not thinking about it. So how, when did it come on your radar and you made Mission Guardian, which I think is fair to, like, would you categorize Mission Guardian as like primarily it's a, it's a legal subscription service for nonprofits? Yes, that's accurate. Well, you know, I made the, I was, I've kind of always been a weird lawyer. 
right? Like I grew up with like D&D nerds and like punk rockers and I know a lot of like hacker types. So I've kind of always been exposed to computer stuff. And then I've, I've also, I follow a lot of like business gurus like Gary Vee and Ramit Sethi and, you know, Seth Godin. And so I'm kind of always in taking like non-lawyer wisdom. And so I think that, you know, taking some courses with Ramit especially got me thinking about knowledge products and getting what's in my head into a DIY course. And then it was just kind of like a hop, skip and a jump from that to thinking like, oh, recurring revenue, how would that work? Subscriptions, is that even a thing? Googling it, finding other lawyers that were doing it, John Tobin, Kim Bennett, some guy with an HOA group, you know, like they're all out there. And I was like, okay, that's market validation. So there's nothing that should hold me back from doing mine. Is it fair to characterize Mission Guardian as the second generation of what you were trying to do with Founders Roadmap? So Founders Roadmap was the online course that you made for nonprofits, and Mission Guardian is also for nonprofits, but it's a platform that delivers subscription-based legal services. So a bunch of do-it-yourself apps that generate documents that you review, so not not even quite do-it-yourself, more of a hybrid. But is, is it fair to say that your first attempt at productifying, you know, or or making what you call a digital information product was Founders Roadmap, and now the second generation of it is Mission Guardian and the subscription-based legal service model that that represents. Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, yeah, right? I mean, I think everything is iterative. So it's different, but certainly built on the back of the lessons that I learned from building an online DIY course, right? And the subscription is not totally DIY. There are DIY elements, but it is more of a hybrid of, you know, you get, you're hiring me right now. I have, I have ideas about making a freemium model, more like um, how Aaron has a freemium model with Hello Divorce. But Right now you hire me as your sort of outsourced general counsel and then you have access to all of this other content and stuff uh, that you can do on your own. So it is, I mean, in a way, I guess I haven't, I hadn't really thought about it like that. I'm not like, I'm gonna do Founders Roadmap too, but everything is built on, you know, build. that's why I'm like, whenever I'm giving a talk, I wanna reassure people, like you don't have to have this all figured out. like. I didn't start with all of these things in place, right? I did the course. It was a colossal financial failure. I put my rent on a credit card three months in a row because I got so sidetracked building it instead of working on my actual paid cases. (laughs) Like there were lessons to be learned from that experience that I then was able to take on something bigger having become smarter from that that experience right so like when i built the subscription i was like okay what i need to do is draw it out on paper and show it to a bunch of clients and have them poke holes in it and tell me do what do they like what don't they like would they subscribe to this why or why not like i didn't do that with my online course i was just like i'm a lawyer and i know what they need to know and i'm going to give them what they need hashtag lawyers right 
Like that's that doesn't work. You have to like know that the person actually wants to buy what you're selling. So yeah, I mean, I it is like building on that in a in a way for sure. It's so tough. Everything you're describing, it sounds like the typical troubles of like a a tech shop, like a, a tech company, you know? Yeah. Which which, you know, we're lucky. Like the lawyers we talk to, there's there's like a, a selection bias. Like they like if you're using something like AfterPad and you're already you're already in this space and, and you already sound like a tech shop. But I'm very aware that like most law firms or most attorneys when they come out of law school not find themselves like, oh, I wonder how you user research. I wonder how I prototype right. something. Uh, I wonder how I do some rapid, affordable iteration that will let me get to a scalable product. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And yeah, like I thought I was doing an MVP with the Founders Roadmap course. It was way too big. It was not an MVP, right? It took it took too much time and cost uh, for me to build it, and I didn't test it appropriately. And so those were all really valuable lessons with building a subscription. That was one of the it's scary, yeah. you know. I think that was one of your other big takeaways of the Clio presentation about how other ter- attorneys can make digital information products. You said smaller is better, more specific is better. Uh, and and like so to a surprising degree, like like you think you might be narrowing it just when you, being a family attorney, will focus on like just uncontested divorce. Like no, go deeper. Like just just a tenth of what that is. Uh, I, th- I think right. that's a I think that's a, a good sneaky lesson. Another one of these like cultural through points. You know Naval, another one of these like internet philosopher tech gurus. He's big on the whole find your specific knowledge. Like everyone. You know, after a certain amount of years on this planet, like you're going to have some specific knowledge about something, and you might be surprised. Like, there's a thousand other people out there who are who are into that. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. But attorneys are like full of specific knowledge. Like that's what a, an attorney is. Like, you know, someone who's been practicing in nonprofit law for you know uh, five, ten years. Like they they can go deep on on some of the. Uh, uh, totally specific parts of that but that's the perfect thing with which to like make a digital information product like okay you and your board have this very specific disagreement i'm going to put this on the internet so that presumably anyone in the country has that like they should be able to find me and learn about that um yeah that that you know another one of the things someone asked you at the end of the conference like why aren't more lawyers doing this like it seems i think i'm making it sound obvious but it's not like and a lot of people don't do it and I think at the time, one of the reasons you, you raised was a uh, fear of ethical violations. Oh, yeah, because ethics. I mean, because every ethics. time I do a presentation on anything, you know, I just did a CLE on using online scheduling tools or sometimes I'll give a talk about how I built my subscription service and how people can think through it themselves. And it's like the first reason, the first question that always, 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 always comes through is like, well, but something, something ethics, (laughs) right? Like that's just always it. Um, And I, I think that's, you know, if you do like the three Toyota Y's because ethics is not the real question. Like that's like the, what we're saying our issue is, but really like underneath that is just, that sounds scary. I'm not sure I'm I'm comfortable with that is probably the real, you know, it's a between the ears problem, not an ethics rules problem. Yeah. And we're, we're trained culturally 
to see risk and avoid it. Yeah. Like we are risk mitigators. Um, that doesn't lend itself to doing things that you perceive to be potentially risky with your business. So th- I think that therein lies the rub is like culturally what we're indoctrinated into as lawyers. You know, we go on precedent, what's come before, tradition. We're very slow moving culturally. Um, we're very cautious. And you'd think like, oh, those things don't really matter, but culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? Like the culture of being a lawyer is infused into like everything that we do and think, especially when it relates to our, our work life. So I think that tends to be the real limiter and people just throw out ethics as the convenient scapegoat. I think you're right. That's what we've seen at After Pattern, the number one blocker to someone who finds us and then makes good use of us, the number one blocker is like, you know, they come to us and they have a general interest. Like I took a CLE or like it's on my radar. I heard a podcast. There's something about law and automation and lifestyle balance and and uh, online information products, but they don't have a specific goal. And, and that's oh, yeah, like, I call that productivity porn. Productivity porn. That's, that's the other side of the coin is the lawyer that kind yeah. of has this pie in the sky fantasy that they are going to be, oh, I have this idea that I'll be like automating and be like one of these cutting edge people, but they don't actually have any concrete plans and they want to talk to you for an hour about what's possible and sort of like fantasize about it, but they're not going to execute. Yeah. Those people drive me bonkers. What I try and remind people is like, don't forget, like you are a person who faced huge unknowns. Like you signed up for law school and you went to class on the first day and you had some scary civil procedure professor who was using the Socratic method and called on you and you like had to read 600 pages of torts and figure out what is precedent and oh my God, what all these Latin words mean. Like you did that. You did that. You took that challenge and you owned it, you know? So don't forget that like you have that in, in you. I like, think that's a That's good what I want people to remember is like you are the person that tries scary things. You just forgot. Yeah, I think that's a good way to like shift this, this boulder blocking like our, our path culturally. I like that one. One I've been hitting myself has been... Uh, more like the access to justice. There's a massive middle market. Even if you're not altruistically motivated, it's just a financial opportunity. There's a ton of money to be made on the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Right? Yes, people need a trial lawyer when they go to court, but they don't need a lawyer for a lot of things. Or they need lawyer light, right? And, like, I don't think you have to even... Everyone knows access to justice is important, but even if you're just completely focused on your bottom line, like you can actually have a better life as a lawyer by creating some products or some automations that make, you know, increase your margin or increase your well of potential clients, like just straight up business perspective, right? It's a great tool. Yeah. to bring people in the door. And like some, uh, I think it was John Grant was like, you're doing this whole access to justice for nonprofits thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. 
I didn't I'll, think I'll about it, it yeah. that way. I'm just trying to <laughs> pay for my groceries. But yeah. yeah, that's true. You know, I am making it more accessible for more nonprofits to have access to legal that they otherwise wouldn't get. Right. But like, I, I honestly didn't come at it from that. I was just like, how can I not hate my job and have more clients? You know, the, the more I listen to you, I wonder if another wedge we might use to help shift attorneys off of the this is the way it's always been done. So this is the way it shall be path is just it's fun. Like it's 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 fair to say that, yeah, you might have a better lifestyle if you have more of these digital products making up part of your revenue, because what's nice about them is someone consumes them at like Sunday, at, you know, 2 a.m. Like you don't have to be there. Um, but it's also it's it, is it fair to say that it's also fun? Like it, it you know, I was talking earlier about how you sound like a, a, a tech startup. You sound like a design agency, these type of things that are on your radar and part of your work. Like, is that is it fair to say that's also kind of fun to do? Oh, it's absolutely fun. I think there was something in the after pattern Slack channel. I can't remember what the thread was, but people were talking about about it. And like, uh, it was like, you know, making, building apps on nights and weekends or something is their hobby. And yeah. I was like, yeah, just, you know, wait till you're like dating and the guy asks you like, what are your hobbies? And you have to admit automating my law firm is my main hobby. I'm <laughs> 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 like, that sounds crazy but no it is actually really fun and enjoyable right like i get a kick out of making a news app or like thinking about how it could automate a document like it is fun and i think once you get over that i'm scared to start thing um you re quickly realize like oh this is this is an amazing like cool opportunity and now i want to build a little something and i think that's the thing too is like it can just be fun. You don't have to like, yeah. oh, I'm going to overhaul my entire law firm and yeah. that's too big and that's too much and that would take too much. You can just make one little thing just for just for fun. It's for fun. Make one make one thing. Take it from productivity porn to actually making a thing and getting the dopamine hit of like yeah. making something new. Making something new is a lot of fun. And I remember at the end of your CleoCon presentation, your final piece of advice for folks on how they might start their own digital information product was start small and, and go smaller than you think might, might be necessary uh, because you will set yourself up for failure if you take on too much at once. Yeah, well, because it's expensive to go bigger. I mean, you know, I can just with the founders roadmap thing it was like oh i'm just doing this little piece and but in order to do it well you know i ha i put in a lot of effort and i should have gone way smaller and made sure that it was useful for people and that they wanted it and that they what you know what they were willing to pay for it right cuz at this point it's kind of a it's a loss leader thing and it's a great it's a great product but people are not Googling it, and it's impossible to find people who are thinking about maybe starting a nonprofit. Yeah. That's not a Facebook group people belong to. <laughs> so, um, and like all the people that are like, oh, passive income, it's like they don't tell you what you're going to spend on ads to try and find the people to get them to click. And then you got to A B test and like, well, why did they click here, but they didn't buy? And what, where did they abandon? And that nobody explains all that to you. So start as granular as you can and serve the community you live in doing something that you know that they need. 
like for me with my subscription product, I was like, well, how can I like all the stuff that I just give away mm-hmm. because it's the right thing to do. Right. Like I'm working with this nonprofit and they're like, well, I don't know how to make meeting minutes. Well, here I have a sample. Like I have a sample agenda and I have sample meeting minutes and I would just email them to the person. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to charge for the 30 seconds it took me to email them these documents I already had put. No, I just give them away. I was like, well, now that's in my member portal. Nice. That's it's it is valuable. So it's like, what can you break off that's so small that you're normally you're just giving it away and maybe you still give it away, but then you give it away in a way that like creates a lead for you that you get their email or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it reminds me of, uh, another after pattern user, Greg Siskind immigration. Oh, I love Greg. He's so great. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the man. Um, he's so unassuming. He is. He is. Like and, the OG. And he, yeah, and he's a crusher. He's he's he's, yeah. he's he's one of those people on the weekends. Um, he was talking about how you, as a lawyer, might find opportunities if you're interested in this, but you don't have like a specific goal. You know, you want to transition from productivity porn and like actually do something. Uh, he he had this interesting take I hadn't heard before, but he, was, he said, "Look at what your clients are not hiring you for because they don't see it as being yes. valuable." There's there's yeah yeah yeah, and so for, I think for him it was a very specific like. A, a kind of compliance report that a hospital, I think, should get but doesn't get, and they don't get because they know they need it, but it seems like not worth it. It's too expensive to get a lawyer to do it. It's like, well, that's that's a perfect little, like maybe maybe they wouldn't hire a lawyer, but maybe if you had it available on your website, a little tool that would let them generate this compliance report. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime, Thomas. Thank you.
that sort of stuff too. Yeah, no, you know, another one of these, I think, cultural through lines that you're accessing is this like thousand true fans idea. Yeah, the old Seth Godin yeah. tribes and all of that, right? Yeah, be specific well, in like the, the voice you have and there'll be a thousand people out there who'll be your true fans. And, and Well, and here, here's the thing, like the thing that was so transformative for me was finding the other weirdos, Yeah. right? And that's like another Seth Godin thing. Go like find the other weirdos, right? And so when I got invited to TBD Law, that was something that lawyerist did with filament matt holman and aaron and sam and them back several years ago i re i was like doing this stuff on my own and sort of thinking i'm crazy i'm alone this is weird and i might just be like wasting my time and then i